Hello and welcome to the 150th episode of Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I am your host, Kim Smith, and today we are talking about dealing with life's disappointments. You know, I was thinking before we began recording, you hear that phrase, there's only two things that you can be sure of, and that's death and taxes. And even though besides the rapture, yes, death will come and taxes will come, there are many other things in life that you can be sure of. And one of those is the fact that you are going to deal with disappointment there's none of us that live into even children age that don't deal with disappointment. I have been spending some time over the last hour or so just thinking about some of the times in life where I was disappointed and, you know, there's different levels of disappointment. You've got, I'm disappointed when I have a day off and it rains and I can't do things outside. Like, that's disappointing, but, you know, not earth shattering in any way, shape or form. And then there's that big job that you have always wanted and you had the opportunity to interview for. And you didn't get it. That's a total different level of disappointment. But disappointments are part of life. We've been making our way through the life of the future King David of Israel. We've spent time listening to the ravings of King Saul, the very first king of Israel, the one that was not the choice of God truly, but the response to the fussings of the Israelites because they wanted a king. They were disappointed. So let's think about the disappointments just in this story right here. They were disappointed because they wanted a king like every other nation not realizing that they had it better than anyone else on the planet. You know, there are sometimes we are disappointed and it is totally without grounds because we're in better shape than, <laughs> than we would have been if we had gotten what we thought was best for us. Isn't that interesting? Um, you know, our human brain and our imaginations are amazing. God made us incredible. But the thing is, we have perspective. And with that perspective can come some faulty thinking. And as I'm sitting here, and I am thinking about just how much we can have tunnel vision throughout our life. We can be so focused on me, 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 that we look at everything that happens to us 
but we look at it from the, this is how it affects me and God should have done it differently. I shouldn't be going through this. And it's because we're looking at it just with our little freeze frame. And we're not looking at the billions of other people and how God is weaving together his story. This is not our story. Our story, we are blessed that our stories can be woven into the great narrative of all time. But perspective is everything. The Israelites had it the best that they could possibly, having the God of the universe, the all-knowing, all-powerful as their ruler. And they were disappointed and wanted an earthly king. And God gave them what they asked for. And he then was a disappointment to Israel, that being King Saul. He started out decent, uh, accomplishing some military victories, but he was so full of himself and so confused in his head. And then he, he just has a bullseye in for David. You can bet, and we're talking about a disappointment of David today, but you can bet that David was disappointed over and over and over again because David truly was doing the right thing. He was the commander of Saul's army and he was winning battles and getting Saul fame. And instead of Saul going, David, my son, thank you. Instead, he tried to kill him again and again and again. It, it just, it never stops. It seems like as, as we go through life, we come around the corner and there's another disappointment. It doesn't go the way that we had planned. But in the grand scheme of things, how many times are what we perceive as disappointments really stepping stones for his appointments? That will probably be the biggest takeaway for me when I finish today's podcast is as I think. So I I was thinking specifically about a disappointment in my professional life that something that I thought that I was supposed to be doing and I struck out, literally I struck out as in, went out and tried to accomplish this and I struck out in the process from an earthly standpoint. I learned a lot in the process of things that I use to this day, but it definitely was a disappointment. It, the, the dreams that I had for my future and how this was all going to work out, it didn't even come close. But I think today, 
if it had, where would I be? And who would I be? I am thankful for where I am in God's plan. And I really wouldn't trade it. So I'm choosing to look at those disappointments, to learn from them. Yes, definitely learn from them. But to use them as stepping stones to the next his appointment he has for me. So last week we were in 1 Samuel 28 and we were talking about Saul consulting a medium. So Saul had supposedly banished all mediums and spiritists from the land of Israel, but he hadn't done a great job of it. And considering that he would pull 3,000 men away just to have them chasing David because of Saul's confusion, you can imagine that he didn't put as much time and energy to really taking care of getting rid of the mediums and spiritists from the land. And we went over that chapter last week, but I want to go back to the very first two verses at the beginning of 1 Samuel 28, and then we're going to tie it in with 1 Samuel 29. So Saul at the moment is leaving David alone. He's leaving David alone because he's heard that the Philistines, their their arch enemies, not arch enemies, but their arch enemies, is planning to attack Israel. And so he wants, the reason he reached out to a medium was because he wanted to talk to Samuel, who was the prophet, who had always been his sounding board and his mouthpiece from God. And Samuel has died. And Saul, because God's not giving him an answer, Saul becomes impatient as he always does. And he wants to hear from Samuel. Samuel gives him a mouthful. But in the midst of this, we've got to set the full stage. So you've got Saul representing the Israelite army as the king. And where's David? David is truly going to be the next king of Israel. Now, it's still, he's still got quite a long path in front of him. He's already been waiting about 10 years at this time in in running um, and even longer since he's been anointed to be the future king. But David is living within the Philistine ranks. Why? Because he knew that if he moved into enemy territory, finally Saul would quit chasing him. Isn't that pitiful? Well, as a result of living in the Philistine territory, David is a part of the Philistine community. David has been functioning for many years. So the very first two verses of 1 Samuel 28 were these. About that time, the Philistines mustered their armies for another war with Israel. King Achish told David, You and your men will be expected to join me in battle. Very well, David agreed. Now you will see for yourself what we can do. Then Achish told David, I will make you my personal bodyguard for life. So that is how 1 Samuel 28 began. We really didn't talk about it because we were focused very much so on Saul. Excuse me, but I wanted to go back and emphasize that because we've got to set the stage. 
So I want you to be thinking, trying to think like David. So David is tired. David has been running from King Saul now for about a decade. He's hidden in caves. He has, he's now been hiding in Philistine territory. He's, he knows that God has promised that he will be the next king of Israel, but when will it happen? He's intentionally not taken Saul's life, even though he had the opportunity, because he wants Saul to come down from his throne in God's timing. He trusts that Saul is God's anointed one and that God will bring him to his place of prominence in God's time, which is exactly what happens. But in the midst of this, David is in Philistine territory and he and his mighty men, which is about 600 of them at this point, they've been doing what people who live inside of another country do. They've been working for the good of themselves, which ends up working for the good of the country. And he is under King Achish. And so David seems pumped up that they are going to be in battle, even if it is against his home team, so to speak, being Israel. I just wonder what kind of emotions that David had. You know, we see in this that it looks like he's really up for this. And he may very well have been, but what other kinds of emotions might he have had knowing that he would be going up against Saul and not only Saul, but his best friend, Jonathan, who was Saul's oldest son? I don't know. You know, when we look at scripture, if we just take it at face value and we don't stop and ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes so that we can truly see a little bit more behind the scenes and really be, uh, begin to understand the, these people. Because we look at the stories and so many times we don't stop to just sit sit in it or as my word for 2022 is marinate in it. We don't take the time to marinate in scripture so we don't get all of the nuances. We don't ask the questions. All we see is that David is excited to be a part of Achish's battle against Israel. And like he's going to be, he's gone from being Saul's bodyguard to the commander of his army. And now he's risen to prominence and he's going to be the top bodyguard in Achish's camp. Like sounds like a good deal considering he's in the waiting game during this time. And he's also becoming better at what he does. Here he is inside of the Philistine camp learning from them. So it seems like David is finally going to get a break. He gets a break, but not the kind he is anticipating. He gets a broken situation. I would say broken promise, but that's not exactly correct because Achish doesn't feel as though he's got the opportunity. So 1 Samuel 29 and we're going to read all 11 verses, very short. And our main verse will be verse 6. So, 1 Samuel 29, 1. The entire Philistine army now mobilized at Aphek, and the Israelites camped at the spring in Jezreel. As the Philistine rulers were leading out their troops in groups of hundreds, thousands, David and his men marched at the rear with King Achish. 
But the Philistine commanders demanded, what are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish told them, this is David, the servant of King Saul of Israel. He's been with me for years, and I've never found a single fault in him from the day he arrived until today. But the Philistine commanders were angry. Send him back to the town you've given him. They demanded, he can't go into the battle with us. What if he turns against us in battle and becomes our adversary? Is there any better way for him to reconcile himself with his master than by handing our heads over to him? Isn't this the same David about whom the women of Israel sing in their dances? Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. Verse 6, which is our focal verse. So Achish finally summoned David and said to him, I swear by the Lord that you have been a trustworthy ally. I think you should go with me into battle, for I've never found a single flaw in you from the day you arrived until today. But the other Philistine rulers won't hear of it. Verse 7, please don't upset them, but go back quietly. What have I done to deserve this treatment, David demanded. What have you ever found in your servant that I can't go and fight the enemies of my lord the king? But Achish insisted, as far as I'm concerned, you're as perfect as an angel of God, but the Philistine commanders are afraid to have you with them in the battle. Now get up early in the morning and leave with your men as soon as it gets light. So David and his men headed back into the land of the Philistines while the Philistine army went on to Jezreel. Poor David. Like David and his men have done well. They've done well in enemy territory. They have been proven to be faithful. They've been proven to be good at what they do. I mean, obviously, Achish has all sorts of respect for David. It reminds me, and a whole lot of this reminds me, of Joseph in the Old Testament, where Joseph was living in Egypt. And every time, no matter whether he was in prison, no matter where he was, he, because of his integrity and because of his work ethic, he always rose to the top. Like your heart goes out to David. David's just like, what have I done? Like, why can't we go? Why can't we be a part of this? I'm a sports fan. I do not participate anymore. I don't watch anywhere near as much as I did when I was younger, but I've seen thousands of basketball games and, you know, mini football games, all that kind of good stuff. And I want to kind of, kind of compare it to a basketball player who who came from another area. So he didn't start out with this particular team. He didn't grow up with all the guys, all of those kind of things. But he moved to town, and he's done well. And like the coach really likes him and feels like he will be a great asset to the team. But because the other players do not accept him, All of his hard work, all the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into practice is all for naught because it's a team game. 
And if they're not going to accept him as part of their team, the coach is not going to play him. And just the disappointment that that would bring. David has encountered so much disappointment. You know, his best friend, he's been away from Jonathan now for about 10 years. Has not got to spend time with Jonathan, with Jonathan's family. All because of Saul's mental illness and his fascination with David and his stalking of him. David is hurt. David's more than likely angry. Disappointment brings about a whole range of emotions. Sadness is one that oftentimes happens, but it can also be anger because there's that type of disappointment. You know, going back to the basketball analogy, how many times have people given it their all and come up one field goal or one point short? And they call it a disappointing loss because they've left it all on the field or all on the court but they didn't get that win, that win that they've been working for for months or with some of these young people since they were children. I want you to think about your own life. I want you to think about those times of disappointment. And I want you to ask yourself, our weekly assignment feature is, what is one disappointment which eventually turned into a God appointment? What is one of those times where you were like, I cannot believe this door shut. I cannot believe that this didn't work out. It looks so promising. And... Now looking back, you can see that that was God closing that door because God had something so much greater for you around the men. Perspective. We are all going to deal with disappointments in life. It's the reason that I chose to add for our additional verse of this week it is Romans 8:28 which for me is my life verse. It is the verse that I hang on to when any circumstance is disappointing to me whether it be for myself or for others. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. As I sit here today, I'm thinking about someone I care about and the disappointment, the deep, 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 deep disappointment that they are experiencing this very day and this season of life. There are no words. We have those type of disappointments. Those ones where we have so many why questions. 
And sometimes God chooses to answer them. And sometimes God doesn't. And that can be really tough. But knowing that God does have a purpose, even if we don't understand it at all. Sometimes that's all we have to hang on to. As I was thinking through this, God really did as he oftentimes does. And he kind of flipped it on its head. And I think it's just very ironic what he did. So as I was setting up this podcast, of course, I'm thinking about David and his disappointment. Next week, we're going to see how God really took what was a, a disappointing situation for David. And if David had really been able to go to fight Oh my, how bad some other parts of his life would have become. It gets bad, but it would have been even worse if he had been away. He and his men had been away for a lengthy period fighting the Israelites. But I want you to think about disappointment, but not your disappointment. Like, we are human, and we focus everything on ourselves just as a normal part of life. But I want you to think about the fact that all human beings experience disappointment. This side of heaven, we are going to be disappointed. If we were not, we would not have any want to live for Christ and to point others to heaven. If this was as good as it's going to get, I don't even have words. I don't, because thankfully it's not, that's not it. That's not it. And so as I was thinking through it, I was thinking to myself about how do we, how do we help others who are dealing with disappointment? And there's a whole list, you know, just be there for them. Just sit with them. Just help them take care of details. And sometimes they're so overwhelmed by what happened that they can't focus. But for some people, those points of disappointment are points that the light of Christ needs to be shown into. And as I was thinking about it, God flashed me to the three circles. Now, for some of you, you are going to have no idea what in the world I'm talking about with the three circles. But a few years ago, there was a fella And he came up with this three circles method of evangelism. In other words, of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's grown and morphed and it's got its own app now. 
there's just so many different ways to share with the three circles and how God connected this with for me is in the three circles, you've got the second circle is brokenness because it's talking about, you start out and you're talking about how God intended this, how, how God created this universe, how, how humans were created and what God's dream was for us. But brokenness entered into the story. The creator is named Jimmy Scroggins. I just couldn't remember it off the top of my head. And in the brokenness, that's where that disappointment comes in because the brokenness can be because of our own sin, but it can be because we live in a sinful world. We live in a broken world. And that is where the whole idea of disappointment Like when we get to heaven, we're not going to experience disappointment in any way, shape, or form. Hallelujah. But in this life, we do. And in this life, others do. I'm trying to get the exact right verb there. It's an opportunity for us to be there for them in their times of disappointment to use it as a God appointment to point them to a person being Jesus Christ who died for their sin to ultimately allow them to live eternally in a place where there is no brokenness. There is no disappointment. So I put the link in the additional resources down below. I just downloaded the app onto my phone. It's a very simple app, but it makes it easy. You can write it on napkins. I mean, it's very, very easy to draw. You can have zero drawing abilities and you can still draw three circles and some arrows but it's an incredible way that you can just talk with people just share just share how God can step into their disappointments and those places of brokenness can heal them but also began to prepare them for the land of no disappointment. I'm just overwhelmed as I sit here. The older I get, the sweeter heaven looks. I'm not going to be shy about that. I always used to hear about that when I was younger and didn't quite understand it. Most people, they talk about how heaven looks sweeter because there's so many people that have gone on that they want to see. And that's part of it for me. But one of the main reasons I look so forward to heaven 
is because of all the things that won't be there. There won't be pain. Physically, mental, emotional, spiritual. There won't be tears. There won't be disappointments. So, as I encounter disappointments, as you encounter disappointments, as we encounter others who have disappointments, may we cling tightly to the promise of God that if we are His, He will work all things together for good, for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. And really for his purpose. And we point others at every opportunity to the one who does not disappoint and to the one who has provided a way for them to live eternally in a land with no disappointment. Thank you for tuning in to this 150th episode. When I recorded episode one, I still know what it was about. I don't think I'll ever forget it. I had to step into the water. Um, was exactly what I was talking about on that very first episode. And I can't say this podcast road has been what I imagined because I didn't imagine. I truly just put my foot in the water because God told me to. I'm a person who does not like to hear my own voice. And here I am at 150 episodes of talking. And I have no idea what God has done and what's God is going to do with this podcast in the future. I just know he's calling me to be obedient, me to trust him, me to keep talking, me to keep pointing people to him and trusting him with the results. I am the sower of the seed. He is the reaper. He is the one who can place others around you to grow you. So on this 150th episode, I hand him my disappointments. Whether it be regarding work, regarding relationships, regarding expectations that have not been met, and I press on. I press on holding on to the fact that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I vow to point others to the one who does not disappoint. Will you join me in that effort? Thank you for tuning in. 
please take just a moment or two and share this with others. Share this podcast, share this episode. It is free for you to share. It's free for others to listen to. And you just don't know what God might do. You just don't know where there might be a deep disappointment that's been sitting in there that God wants to take and help them to see how he can use even the most disappointing of circumstances to accomplish his purpose. Still have our Facebook group, Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. And you can reach out to me via email at encouragingothersinlovingjesus at gmail.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. And thank you for all of you who, whether this is your first episode or you've been with me for 150. Oh my goodness, how crazy that would be. But as always, remember, it's a trust and obey kind of day. Mm -hmm.